Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, I wrote this book called Love, Lost, and Lies in 2018. I'm going to teach um, a bit from it, share a few lessons from it. And I, I basically started this because in my work with young people I realized that one of the biggest things that young people have to deal with is the concept of relationship right and because of the several information out there uh, people's concept of love is almost being twisted so people define love by what society call love. So let me explain to you. In the African culture, many years ago, if you wanted to get married, uh, they would take you to the fattening room. How I many of you remember that? They'll take you to the fattening room uh, because the concept of you know, the person who is beautiful is someone who is fat. Do you remember that? Or do you have an idea of that? You know, yeah. My first degree, I have two first degrees. My first first degree is in social studies. Then my second first degree is in theology. So this is social studies, so I know what I'm talking about. But as society began to evolve, so in those days, you couldn't fall in love with a slim woman. If the woman was slim, uh, they would have to take her, feed her, give her a lot of food. Okay. Then, as society began to develop, uh, after Agbani Derego won Miss World, then people refused to eat. Right? So, the beautiful beauty uh, changed definitions. It now became uh, how slim you are. And people began to lose weight. What does that tell you? Uh, society's definition of love and beauty will always change based on society's perception. And if you are moved by what society defines as love and beauty... The challenge is you would always consistently be changing your own definition. You know, so what's the concept of love for some people? It's going out to eat. So they go out, buy things. Uh, and what, what developed that? Movies. It's just movies. Nothing. Because our own parents uh, married for years, and he didn't go to Mr. Biggs and Chicken Republic because it, it wasn't existing then. 
So we began to define love by these things. And um, after watching a lot of Indian movies, we changed our definition of love again. What's love now? Running around trees, chasing each other with bikini pants, lying on the sun and sipping coconut. Why those things are not out of place, they do something to your mind. And so the average person will define love based on those external things and not even look at the inside. And so if someone is a playboy, he could do all the right things and you would think the person has love for you, but what the person really has is lust. And that's why we're having this conversation. So the first place I'd like to start with is you must understand the season of life that you're in. It's the first place. The season of life that you're in. It's usually said that 0 to 25 years are your learning years. Right? 0 to 25 years are your learning years. You're learning. You're learning. You're learning things. You're learning stuff. 25 to 50 is your earning years. And you, are, you ought to earn by what you've learned. And 50 and above is your legacy years. Right? You're almost giving back. You're married. You have grandkids. You're stabilizing your life. Uh, many times, because of the incomplete nature that we feel, we almost feel like if you're not in a relationship, you're not complete. And so what that, what that makes us to do is you find people who have no business in relationships, getting into relationships early, and having their relationships drag on for years and years and years because they really are not ready to get married at the time they get into relationships. So the first thing you want to find out this, this evening is what stage of life am I? What, what's that season? The single season is not a cursed season. To be single does not mean you're cursed. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, and I can dare you that if you, I mean, all of us here, adults, uh, single adults, right? I dare you that if you walk up to someone now and they say, do you have a girlfriend or you have a boyfriend? And you say, no, you're almost going to look weird. Because it has been uh, designed in such a way that everybody's in a relationship. And so before someone gets up to 30, 25, thereabout, the person have had series of relationships, when they talk about their ex, you almost think it was something they were giving birth to. You say, ah, this is my ex. Say, which ex? Say, no, no, you say it's the first ex. It's not that ex. It's the second one. You say, no, it's the third ex I'm talking about. And it, it almost looks like an achievement. It's not. It's not. It's not. Because what you're doing is you're experimenting with a stage of life where you ought to build capacity. Because you don't even know what you want. You might think you know, based on the things I've talked about, you meet someone based on their complexion, based or oh, you just feel this person is going to fit. And before you know, you, and let me tell you, no relationship leaves you the same. Every relationship gets something into your soul, gets something into your mind, creates an experience for you that is resident in your life. And so when you get into the next relationship, somebody does something and say, ah, I remember this is how John used to misbehave before he broke up with me. Before you know, all your guards are out. 
And so I'm dealing with this person, but I'm dealing with this person with a mindset of two, three other people that I've dealt with. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I'm no longer dealing with this person out of the love for this person, but I'm dealing with this person out of my multiple experiences. So you've got to find out what season am I and singlehood is more than a waiting room to meet Mr. and Mrs. Wright. You know, when you're doing a Zoom meetings, right? And you, you click to join the Zoom meeting. Then they say, waiting room. Then say, someone will soon allow you inside. You know, some people are just waiting for marriage. They're just waiting, just waiting. So I usually will ask people that, if you don't get married at all, does that mean you are failed in life? And see, we need to be honest with these conversations. Because what people do is, it's just like, I'm waiting to get married. I'm waiting to get married. So, their whole life is plunged into marriage. This is something I'll tell you. Don't ever forget it. Marriage is not your life. Marriage is a part of your life. Especially for my sisters. Because what happens is, you find this wonderful sister doing all these great things, doing all these wonderful things, and some get married and they're just locked up. Purpose is gone. Right? Are you here? So marriage is not your life. Marriage is what? Is a part of your life. Can we say that together? Marriage is not my life. Marriage is a part of my life. Is an aspect of your life. So you don't live an aspect of your life. You don't hold your life hostage because of an aspect that's not working right now. Let's put it that way. Or an aspect that has not happened. And that's important. You don't live your life because, oh, I've not gotten the person. So all your life, you're just chasing. You're looking after, oh, who will come? Who will come? Who will come? No, no. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. That God has pre-planned before the foundation of the world. There is a purpose for your life. So it's important to find your purpose. You know, before uh, I got married, I knew the kind of women I could not marry. I just knew. Because I was called into the ministry. So for me, first of all, uh, a career woman was not it. Nothing wrong, but it wouldn't fit my purpose. Imagine right now I've got to plan this church and my wife is the bank manager of one bank. Who will look after the children? When you know your purpose, you can know your partner. It's called the purpose, the purpose partner law. It's purpose first before partnership. God created Adam, gave him his job description and gave him a wife. The challenge why some people can't enter their purpose right now is that they are in relationships that will not allow them to enter their purpose. So instead of living according to the image and likeness of God, they are living according to the image and likeness of their boyfriends and their girlfriends. You are not yet married. The man is molding you into his image. So you're, you're not waiting for Mr. Wright to come. No. You're not waiting for Mrs. Wright to come. No. You are actively living your life and allowing God and, you know, the framework you've set to release that person into your life. Okay? So, I'll share a few things here. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven. There is a time. For everything. There is a time. For everything. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. NASB. Or use the NIV. 
There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Right? Every event under the heaven, there is a season. There is a time. See, don't miss this. Wrong timing can affect your life. Don't miss it. I like motivational speakers. Right? They'll tell you, you can go to school at any time. You can even, oh, there's one man that went to school at 80 years. Ask the 80-year-old man if it was convenient for him to go to school at 80. Have you ever taught people in adult education? You are almost, <laughs> you are almost, if you're a teacher, you know what I'm talking about. When children are young, their brain absorbs quickly. So there's nothing wrong going to school at 80, but you shouldn't really be going to school at 80. It's the same thing with relationship. Relationship is good. Everything is good. If it's done at the wrong time, it becomes bad. So what season am I in? It's very important. What season? Am I really ready for this? Do I have the emotional strength for this? You're in school. You've gotten into a relationship. You're about to write an exam. The person just sends you one text you don't understand. His battery goes off. You now fail a core course. Then two weeks later, he now says, I'm sorry, but you already have carryover. I mean, you know, when I was in school, <laughs> there were people I felt sorry for. Because I slept in peace a lot. And there were people who couldn't sleep in the school at night. You know, those days, it's not today that you can use WhatsApp to settle quarrel. When I was in school, early 2000, uh, that's, uh, that's about when uh, mobile phones came in. MTN line was like maybe 31,000. And few people had phones, right? So maybe in the guest hostel, <laughs> maybe one person we have phone among the one whose parents is a bit wealthy. We have phone among two, two maybe apartments like that. So maybe all six, four, five girls, you know, are friends to this one. Then maybe the girl is angry. The boy will now call. Then they used to make all this call, maybe one minute, 29 or something. When the call goes to one minute, two seconds, you, you understand? Then the girl will now call. Now call that person. They are not chasing the girl. Uh, give her phone, give her phone quick, give her phone quick. He said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The girl said, don't talk to me again. Bam, phone will cut. They will call this one. He said, she's not agreeing to take call. He said, okay, go on. I mean, I mean, I mean. And exams is coming next week. Or you trek to the girl's house. In those days, you trek. You knock. She's not at home. Right? You now trek back. Then trek again. And you do that like seven times. Many people put themselves in emotional entanglement when they should build their lives. You will not have the time to build certain things right now. So you really know where... You really need to know where to put your energy. You really need to know where to put your energy. So... One of the things about being a believer is not to be in haste. Don't be in haste about anything in life. Be deliberate. Be intelligent. Uh, relationships that lead to marriage, most importantly, because you're almost going to spend the rest of your life on that side. So I usually would tell people, if you are 25 and you got married, right? Let's even say you live for 50, 50 years. It means that for the rest, for the next 25 years of your life, you're going to be with this person. That's not a choice to take lightly. That's
that's not a choice to take lightly. And you know, we've lived in a world right now where separation is almost, it's, it's okay, it's common. But the truth of the matter is that when you even separate the consequences, the emotional consequences, the financial consequences, people don't talk about it. Some of you were raised by single parents. You know the story. You know the things you go through. Are you following what I'm saying? You know the things you go through. So the truth of the matter is, we are not just um, in relationships because we just want to have a good time. No, relationships are designed for what? For purpose. Don't forget that word. For purpose. For purpose. For purpose. And that's very important. Now, if you are not in a relationship, you are not incomplete if you're a Christian. Why? Because the Bible tells us that we are complete in Him. We are complete in Him. So you are not waiting for someone to complete you. That is why I've always taught this, and I'll say it here, I've always taught this, there is no one woman who is the perfect person for you. That theory does not hold true. Right? Let me give you an example. If, when, when I talk about God's will in relationship, okay, and I will explain that. What's God's will in relationship? God's will in relationship is the one person who is suitable for you. Who can help you fulfill God's purpose. There is no one person who is God's will for you because if there is only one person who is God's will for you, let me give you an example. If there is one person who is God's will for, bro- for my brother here, if he misses it, it's just simple science. If he misses that person, nobody will get it right again. Do you understand? Follow me, follow me. You need to understand this. Do you understand this? So let's say, um, let's say for instance, okay, this is me, and this is another lady, and this is God's will for me. This is another lady. I now married this one who is not God's will. Nobody in this world will get it right again because I've already married somebody else's wife. And somebody will not marry my own. The marks can never be correct. So there is, that's why you should not let anybody threaten you that God said you are my wife. Do you understand what I'm saying? God does not speak to only one person when two people need to get married. God is wiser than that. So if God speaks to you, the same God who spoke to you is good enough and loud enough and intelligent enough to speak to the other person. Now, what do we have? What do we call the will of God in relationship? The will of God in relationship is there will be several people around your life, but there is one that suits your life. Okay. Come with me to Genesis. Let me explain this to you. Genesis chapter 1. Sorry. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 18. Please let me have the amplified version. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Genesis 2 18. Amplified version. Quickly. Amplified. Do you have the amplified? All right. Now, okay. Look at this. Now look at this. Everybody look at this. Right? We're talking about the will of God. 
Because if you don't understand this, the challenge is you'll be in a hurry when you see anybody. And I'll tell you this. This is a singles meeting. If you marry because of breasts, they are going to fall. That's an assurance. It's a guarantee. So if that's what you are looking for, <laughs> uh, know that the days will come. And I'll read it to you in scripture where the Bible says, I have no pleasure in these things. The days will come. But we'll get there. Now the Lord God said, it is not good, sufficient or satisfactory that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper meet. The Bible, listen carefully, the Bible, uh, when you read the King James Version, people have translated the word help meet for help meet. And, and that's not what it means. The word meet, <coughs> M-E-E-T, in the King James, means sufficient or fit. Like he will say, he, um, he has made us meet for him. It is an old English word. So it is not meet in that sense, but rather someone who is helper, who is a suitable person, who is adaptable, and who is complementary. Now when you look at two words there, suitable and adaptable, those are the things for you to consider when you are talking about a relationship. Is this person suitable for me? Are we adaptable can we adapt to each other in the fulfillment of purpose because no relationship leaves you the same when eve committed the crime god drove adam because you are responsible for your choices are you here abigail married a foolish man the scripture says as his name is so is he and the woman almost died for the foolishness of abigail see whoever you marry you take on the consequences of their foolishness so if you marry an extravagant man who doesn't know how to save, who doesn't know how to... You see, your children will suffer. And that's why I tell people in relationship that what you are enjoying in relationship, ensure that in marriage that thing is profitable. So you have a young man who takes you out. Right? I mean, I don't have anything with being, taking people out. Right? You have a young man. Before you know, you are out. Hyper City. Uh, Chicken Republic. You are everywhere. It's exciting to you now. Just know that if that habit does not stop when he gets married, right, he will also be an extravagant spender. So by the time he gets married and you are telling him, oh, we're eating out too much, let's conserve for money, and he cannot stop, you realize that what you loved in relationship is not what you like in marriage anymore. Are you following what I'm saying? And that's important. That's important. So what is the will of God? There will be people around you. The one question is, who is suitable for my purpose? For instance, I travel a lot. I'm a church planter. I'm a missionary. Obviously, I cannot marry a woman who wants a husband that she can be um, cuddling every night. Because I'm not there every night. So if you grew up with teddy bears, cargo teddy bears, cargo pillow, it would be good to just marry you know, someone who doesn't travel. I'm just saying. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? And it's not just because I'm a pastor. You're a businessman. You now marry a woman who doesn't like risk. So every time you want to start a business, you say, no, let's just manage what we have. Let's just manage what we have. Frustration will come into that marriage, not because the woman is a bad woman, but instead of supporting you in that business dimension that you have, that thing crying out for expression is being suppressed because she does not have the capacity to handle risk as a business person. 
Are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying now? So the most important thing to discover in your single phase is your purpose. Who am I? Answer that question. Answer that question. Who am I? Who am I? You see, in answering that question, you can answer the question of who can go with me on this journey. And let me tell you, don't only think this question is for guys, also for, for ladies. Because every lady also has a purpose. And you want to marry a man, or you want to be in a relationship with a man, that can help unlock that purpose. So, the will of God is not one person. The will of God is rather anyone who can be suitable for you. And that decision is between you and God. Right? It's both of you collaborating. It's both of you having conversations. You know, I used to be scared early days when he taught us the will of God. I thought that God was going to make me marry someone I didn't like. You know, that's why some of us are scared of the will of God. We just feel like God is going to just point us to one person that we don't like and say, that's my will for you. And you wake up in the morning, look at the person and say, oh Lord, help me. No. God's will is good. Praise God. God's will is perfect. God is not a wicked God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Okay. All right. So, a sense of purpose must drive your singlehood. A sense of purpose. A sense of purpose. Because before you were formed in your mother's womb, God created you. Gave you certain abilities. Gave you certain temperaments. Gave you certain uh, passions. And those passions are not to shut down in a relationship. They are to blossom. They are to flourish. So God gave Adam his work and gave him a woman. Don't, 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 um, don't interchange those things. Don't interchange those things. Right? Don't interchange those things. That's very important. Clarity of where you're going is very important. I've dealt with a number of single people. I had a youth ministry that lasted for 10 years. If there's one thing I find all the time is people having problems in their marriages and their relationships when they finally wake up to who they really are. And they just realize, hey, this person that's with me can't go with me in this journey. And sometimes it's too late. So you want to find who you are. Right? And sometimes many singles do not find themselves because they are moving from one relationship to another. So they go out with this person, something happens. Instead of finding themselves, they've jumped into another one. And let me tell you something about, about relationships. When you break up with one person, your heart is in need of love and affection because there was somebody occupying that space. Many people do not heal long enough before they jump. So any person that appears immediately looks like is not like this wicked person who just left you. And you're just open. So that's why you see that most people, when they break up for a relationship, two things happen. Either they go extremely to the other extreme and say, I'm not doing again. Or they come to this other extreme. They now overdo. So it's got to be in the balance. Right? Relationships are not bad. Um, you just... Maybe met somebody who didn't work out. You have to keep in that same line. Get healed properly. Find out, you know, have conversation with yourself. What did I do wrong? What did I not, you know, and all of that. All right. In Lamentations 3 verse 27, it says, It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he's young. NLT says, It is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. I like NLT. Right? Fine. Okay, leave it, leave it. It is good for a man that he should bear the yoke of divine disciplinary dealings in his youth. So there are certain dealings that in the single years you need to form. 
I tell people this. When you get into marriage, it is who you were as a single that you're going to bring into marriage. So if you were lazy, you would just be a lazy married man. By the time they give you that certificate on Sunday and you pay the bride price, automatically you will not learn anything new. I, I, I don't know if you, if you get, get what I'm saying. You're, you're not going to just get into marriage and because you now wear a married drink, knowledge is just poured into your head. If you were foolish before you get married, you'll just be a foolish married person as opposed to a foolish single person. There's nothing. It won't change anything. So it means that when a man is single or when a young girl is single, that's the time to put value into yourself because it's that value you're going to bring into the marriage and it's that value you're going to use to even raise your children. You see, you will raise your children to become who you are. So the one question I'll ask you this evening, I, would you want your children to be like you? Very simple. Somebody say no. Then you need to work on yourself. Because you will not give your children what you don't have. My kids read a lot. My kids read a lot. I read. I'm a book person. I'm a book person. I read a lot. You know, um, I mean, came in on Thursday for a midweek service, did some teaching in Delta State. I have four books in my bag that I'm reading. I'm traveling on the road. I'm reading. I'm flying. I'm reading. I read all the time. My kids read all the time. My youngest daughter, is, she's extreme. If you give her food to eat, she has a book. She's eating, she's reading. You know, sometimes we go to her bathroom. Uh, when she has gone to school, you see book on the floor. She's using the restroom, she's got a book. It's just, her own is just extreme. You know why? Because we read. I read, the mom reads. So we're not telling them, pick your book and read. They see it. They see us read all the time. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Now, if you are somebody who is with Z-World all the time or African magic all the time, that's what you're going to pass to your children. Even when you tell them, read, don't watch TV, they will hold the book like this and be looking at the TV. Immediately you are coming, they'll raise it. You see, because it's who you are that they will become. So it means that, listen carefully, and this is very important. It means that in this single season of our life, we are not just building ourselves. We are actually building the family we're going to build. So if you learn to manage money right now, you're, you're building a family that can manage money. If you learn to handle your emotions right now, you are building um, uh, an emotionally stable family. So every day of your single years, you are either pouring, your, pouring value into yourself, are you following this now, for your home. So you are not going to build your home. You are building your home already. I know some single girls who can't cook. And they thought that immediately they got married, cooking skills will come. Right? It won't come. So if you are lazy now, you'll be lazy then. So the single years is the years to get those disciplines. Wow. <laughs> Haven't even started. Uh, let me see. Oh boy. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12.1. I'm going to have to rush this now. All right? The most, the most important ingredient you need in your single period is focus. Lazar being focused on your God-given potentials. If you want a successful family, you must first become a successful Christian. And there's no better time to do this than your singlehood. 
You need to take this period for short courses, seminars, conferences that would enhance your person. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, do not let the excitement, NLT, NLT please, New Living Translation, do not let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Before the evil days come and the years draw near, when you say, life is not pleasant anymore. Say, before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore, don't forget your creator. It means that at certain seasons in your life, this is when to deepen your relationship with God. It's not when you get married. This is when to know how to work in the gifts of the Spirit, the words of knowledge, the manifestation of the Spirit of God. My kids, my first son, my, my son, is <laughs> the first son. My son is 15. My daughter is 10. Outside of the time, outside of the time we give birth to them in the hospital and everything, my kids have never been to the hospital. Never had a sickness that had to take them to the hospital. Never. In fact, the first time my son was sick in his teenage years, he was scared. He didn't know how to handle it because he's never been sick. Why? Those were things we built in our single days. Divine health. I remember one time when he was smaller, he hid his head on a, on a glass table in our center table. He was growing up there. He hid his head on a glass table and blood was coming out. Myself and the mom, we just laid hands and said, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. The blood stopped. Guy went to sleep. Got better. It was not marriage that put that in us. We had it and we got married. That's why he said two are better than one. Why? Because those two people are bringing something. When you say, what are you bringing to the table? It's not just sex. What are you bringing to the table? It's not just money. It's value. It's spiritual strength. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why I don't like it when people say, I want a praying woman. I don't like that statement at all. What should the man be doing? It's not about who is going to pray. It's you. Don't never put the responsibility of life on someone else. Let your wife be able to know that you will pray. Are you following what I'm saying here? Right. So, let's get to... What are some of the things to build? <laughs> a, a philosopher said, the devil makes people to believe this. Youth for pleasure... Middle age for business, old age for religion. And that's the deception of, the, of Satan. Think that when you're young, that's where you should you know, do whatever you want to do. When you are getting to middle age, be serious with your business, old age for religion. No. The Bible says, youth, middle age, and old age is for your creator. Don't be a Christian just in mouth. When it comes to relationship, you are not a Christian. No. Every relationship that compromises your Christian values is not good for you. The first value you bring into your relationship is your godly values. Can you say amen? amen. All right, let me touch on this quickly. Then I'm going to talk on lust. Uh, I want to talk about just, let me see, because the time is running. Okay. Let me just talk about five things very quickly that you can maximize your single hold. And I'm going to now really talk about lust. And I'll read a story to you. Know that the Christian single is a gift to God's church. Be a gift to your local church. This is the time you can have the time to be in your local church, serve, be content in the season of life God has placed you. Be content in the season of God of life God has placed you. Right? Sacrificially give of your time and resources to the things of God and to bless humanity. Okay? And then invest in yourself. And invest in yourself. All right. Let's go to 2 Samuel 13. Let me deal with lust. So, 
obviously we're going to have um, we're going to have another edition of this uh, we're going to have another edition of this uh, because I have not even scratched the surface of what I wanted to teach today but let me just let me talk about lust a bit 2 Samuel 13 so that you will just have perspective um, let me just talk about lust say, say a whole lot of things we need to discuss around the single season but our time is running fast okay so let's let's deal with lust let's deal with lust so that you would have some insight into this uh, we would we'll have to have another meeting about this second samuel 13 verse 1 um, use the nasb now it was after this that absalom the son of david had a beautiful sister whose name was tamar and Ammon, the son of David, loved her. Pay attention to this. And Ammon, the son of David, loved her. Pay attention to this word. Ammon was so frustrated because of his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. For she was a virgin and it seemed hard to Ammon to do anything to her. Love does not make people sick. Love does not make people sick. So when you, in court, think you are in love and this person is making you sick because he's not agreeing for you, you feel, you know, sick and the rest, it's lost working. It's not love. We're going to read the story. It's not love. And don't tell people lies. I hate when people say, without you, I can't sleep. That's a lie. Don't, don't believe that. It's a lie. Why? Because the person has been sleeping before they met you and after they leave you, they'll continue to sleep. And there's nobody in this world who is not sleeping because of you. That's just a lie. I know it sounds sweet in your ears, but sweet lies. But Ammon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Chema, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very shrewd man, cunning man. And let me tell you this. Most times, you will choose people based on your friends. That's why your friends are very important. Because if you say, I like this particular person, and your friend disagrees... The chances, and that's why most times when people tell you I'm praying about it, right? What they're actually doing is they are consulting. So, this is what I'm saying. Your friends might end up determining the kind of person you marry. So, you have to, if you choose your friends right, the chances of marrying a wrong person is not, it's, it's slim. That's the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I had some kind of friends around me. There are certain kind of girls I would not be able to bring. Ah, there was that man of God. No, 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 no. This won't work. Do, do, you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So, it means that your friends must be chosen based on your value system because they will impact on your choices. Okay, see what happened. He said, oh, son of the king, why are you so depressed morning after morning? See what this thing was doing to, to him. Was depressed morning after morning. Relationship has a lot on your emotions. See, don't underestimate it. Don't underestimate the impact of relationship on your emotions. People get depressed when they are broken. People get hot and these hearts are deep in people's souls. So you must, you, you see, before you commit your emotions to someone, know that, listen, I'm really getting serious with this person. Because if anything happens, your soul is shattered. Your soul is broken. Now he goes on to say, Will you not tell me? Then Ammon said to him, I'm in love with Tamar, the star of my, of my brother Absalom. Then Ammon said to him, Lie down on your bed. Pretend to be ill. 
When your father comes to see you, say to him, please let my sister Tama come and give me some food to eat. And let her prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat from her hand. So, love does not pretend. Pay close attention to this story. Love does not pretend. Anybody you want to get married to, you are in a relationship with and you have to pretend to. That's not love. That's lust. The person must accept you at the level you are. That is where love is. Right? You don't have to pretend. You don't have to, you don't have to say, I have this when you don't have it. True love does not have pretense. The Bible is talking about Adam and Eve say they were naked and not ashamed. That's why you don't have to try to, if you cannot carry somebody out to go and eat, you don't have to force yourself. Don't use your life savings. You don't carry somebody to a very cool air-conditioned place. You buy yogurt for them, buy ice cream, buy chivita, chilled one. You are not asking the person that, do you love me? Even if you carry a madman to that kind of controlled environment, will the madman not love you? There are places where hatred cannot flourish. That environment is too conducive. Hatred will not thrive there. It's called controlled experiments in, in science. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, they, those are not the... You see, those are not the... Those are not the way to prove love. That's the truth. We live in a society that is very emotional. That's why I don't get it when people want to, um, want to propose, they go on the shopping mall, and then you start jumping around like you didn't know this person, like what is surprised, probably what all of you plan. You guys are just making a fool of yourselves. What nonsense is that? Or they are now slapping you publicly. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? It's because we are very... We are in a sensational um, society. And let me tell you, no true thing is built on sensation. I'll tell you this, right? And I teach people this, love grows. Let me, let me tell you a simple thing about life. Let me tell you a simple thing about life. If you talk to somebody every day consistently for a long time, you will fall in love with that person. Because that's how you, love grows through communication. That's the truth. That is why even if our parents did not love, you understand something? Our parents, not my own parents now, just using, <laughs> I'm using um, the African tradition, right? Where the men did not choose wives and they brought women to them, right? Do you know why their marriage lasted? Not because they were forced. As they began to stay with that man and communicate with that man, through communication, they saw the good aspect of that man. They fell in love with that man. That's how it works. They say, I, I don't want to marry this man. They say, don't worry, go. You will like him. We know what we have chosen. Go. You will cry. First one month, eat. You are not eating. The man will buy and bring antelope. You are like, ah, how can this man go and kill antelope for me? Ah, <laughs> your heart has broken down. Before you know it, when that man is now beating that woman, and you now go and pick that woman back, two days later, she will run through the window and go back. And say, leave him. He, he said he will change. Are you That's why people in abusive relationships don't leave. Consistent communication, they have seen a good aspect of that person, which we don't see. We only see the abusive part. And you wonder why people don't leave abusive relationships. So love grows. Love develops. So don't think, I, I don't like this person. I cannot marry this person. If you cannot marry the person, but you stay in communication with the person, you will marry the person. Have you not heard testimonies of people who say, uh, when my husband first came, I said, no, I can't marry this kind of person. How come? 
you are doing 25 years marriage anniversary and your first response was no what i'm trying to say is this what you don't want to develop don't start are you hearing what i'm saying what you don't want to develop don't start because if emotions come before logic you will make the wrong choices all right are we here all right so Jonathan said lie down so there's pretense and that's something you need to don't pretend don't let people pretend for you let people be real and that's very important don't create a relationship of pretense praise god don't create a relationship of pretense all right that's very important don't create a relationship of pretense be real this is how much i earn this is what i have these are my issues be straightforward because whatever you are pretending about when marriage comes you cannot sustain that pretense so you've got to be real when I was getting married to my wife, you know, I was getting into full, I got into full-time ministry very early. In fact, I got into full-time ministry after youth service. And I was working with my dad. There was no salary. They really could not pay me. So I had to have a conversation with her. I mean, this is how it's going to be. I don't know if we're ever going to, <laughs> you know, make it in life in that sense and everything. I had faith. I had vision and everything. But I just shared. Shared. You know, play. She, she knew. She understood. So you don't pretend. Pretense is lost. Hmm? pretense is lost it's not love love is real love is honest love is straightforward okay so he says let her prepare the food in my side that i may see it and eat from my hand so Ammon lay down and pretend and pretended to be ill when the king came to see him Ammon said to the king please let my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight and i may eat from my hand one of the things about lost is sight Lost is always moved by sight. Always moved by sight. So when you see that girl or you see that boy, there's no value. You don't see value. All you see is their externals, is their external parts. That's what you are always moved by. You need to watch it. I'm not saying you should marry somebody you don't you are not moved, you know, externally by. But if that's all you see about the person, not their internal configuration, not what they have, not their character, not their virtue. Do you realize in Proverbs 31, when we're told about the Proverbs 31 woman, her exteriors were not described. They just told, her, told us her character. See, when you are young, you want exterior. When you are old, you want character. Ask any married person. They'll just tell you that I want peace of mind. Are you, if you go ask your father now, why are you still married to my, to my mother? You say it's peace of mind. Yeah, yeah that's it. You say it's because we will all grow old. I know you look well now, you know, you're in front of the mirror, you, you know. <laughs> I had a girl in our youth fellowship way back when we started. It's the first time I know that they used to comb eyebrows. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know they used to comb eyebrows. I just thought, however they came out in the morning was fine like that. So one day, <laughs> we went to see her. So she carried toothbrush. Comb, comb. So I said, what's going on here? She said, oh, she's dressing her eyebrows. She will comb, comb and put marks. It was lovely. I mean, it was nice. She took time to comb by her brows. <laughs> Saw her a few years ago with two children. Her eyebrows were not combed. You know why? No time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I'm just trying to say is that some of the things you've... I'm not saying look rugged. Do you get my point? What I'm saying is that some of the things you value now, it is this season. 
I was listening. I will not recommend. I will not recommend his advice. But I was listening to Charlie Boy. You know Charlie Boy, Charles Oputa. I stumbled on an interview. Like I said, I will not recommend his advice. And they asked him a question. He said something. They asked him a question. He said, "I've been married four times." So they asked him, "Why do you marry this particular person?" He said something. He said, "Then look at what he said." He said, "Then I was a sh- a showboy." I was a biker. He said, I needed a model who, when I appear, you know, paparazzi, cameras, he said, that is why I married her. Then you not know what he said. He now said, see, um, I think he mentioned his age, that's 60-something or something. He said, I've not been on my bike for seven years. So I don't have energy again to ride bikes. Now, then he said something. He said, I'm even tired of her now. He said, but I'm committed. Now, he was being honest, but that's the truth. Most times, we make decisions based on where we are, not where we are going to. So today, he's no longer a showboy. Now, you married that woman because you wanted now. You're not. So, what will that tell you? Whatever decision you are making right now for who you want to get married to should be based on your future, your end, where you are going. Not where you are today because you're going to pass this season. Are we together? All right. Wow. This time is running. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Then David said, sent to the house of Tamar, saying, Go now to your brother Ammon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Ammon's house and he was lying down and she took dough, neither did make cakes in his side and bake the cakes. She took the pan, dished them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Ammon said, have everyone go out from me. So everyone went out from him. Then Ammon said to Tamar, bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. So Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the bedroom to her brother Ammon. Three principles from here. Number one, lost tribes in secrecy. Lost tribes in secrecy. That's why I always encourage when you're in a relationship, let people who are accountable to you know. Just let them know. It's not a big deal. Nobody's going to say, don't marry if you are a marriageable age. Before I, before I even proposed to my wife, I'd spoken to my dad, I'd spoken to my mentor. Because the challenge we have today is most of us are in relationships and by the time we tell those we're accountable to, they re- we're informing them. We're not really asking for input. So, and they can't say no because when people are in love, they are the most difficult people to cancel. Two people that are difficult to cancel is somebody who sits under a false prophet and somebody who has fallen in love. You can't cancel them. If you're under a false prophet, they will, they, will pray, they will pray on water and sprinkle on you when you're canceling them. I'm telling you the truth. And when you are falling in love, forget it. Forget it. I heard it first of all from Reverend Simon and Falabi. He said, pray that your children do not fall in love with the wrong persons. If not, you will even become an enemy. They will hire another father to sign for them. He said, don't worry. Say, this is my father. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And don't make the mistake yourself. In secrecy, why do you want to keep this relationship secret? Why? People are eating in the parlor. He says, come and eat in the bedroom and I'll eat from your hand. Boundaries are broken. Every relationship where boundaries are broken is lost that is striving. And look, let me say this quickly because of our time. Let me say this quickly. Let me say this quickly. Look at what happened here. And let me explain this to you. Please pay close attention to, to this. Listen to me carefully and don't miss this point. The fact that you are innocent does not mean the other person is innocent. So in relationship, like Nigerians we say, you have to shine your eyes. Because this girl just innocently, oh, just thought, oh, my brother is sick. The man was pretending. So don't think if you are innocent, 
anybody coming to you in quotes, whether the people are in church or not, are just innocent like that. You have to also do your own discernment. Because we know guys who have done all kinds of crazy stuff, crazy guys who just, when they want to now get married, they just come to church and just sit. And you know, church, it's easy for all of us to pretend. All you have to just think that the brother is good is when they are worshipping for him to be crying. You don't even know what is making him to cry. Whether he's still owing house rent, you don't know. And the man is just crying. Ah, don't know. He ah, I like this brother. The way he said, but his heart is so soft when he's worshipping. And then, in your innocence, you just play along. So you must be discerning. She was innocent, but he wasn't. So he brought the food. Then look at this. Then he says... When she brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come, lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. As for me, where could I get rid of my reproach? And as for you, you will be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. This is where I didn't get it. Lost will not follow the right procedure. Okay, you like this girl, right? You like this girl. You want to sleep with this girl. It's simple, right? What's the thing there? Meet the people in charge. Pay the bride price. You can sleep with her for the rest of your life. That's what he said. He said, he said look at what he said. He said, if you speak to the king, he will not withhold me from you. Do the right thing. Lost always does not do the right thing. Lost will not always do the right thing. Look at the next line. What happened? Next verse. However, he will not listen to her. So what's, what's the sign of lust? Sometimes when you get into this relationship with lust, your voice is not heard. Right? Your voice is not heard. You are so much in love. It's anything the guy says that goes. You don't have your own voice anymore. Eh? You are a girl that dresses nice, decently. You've met this guy. You fall in love. He says your skirts are too long. Say, oh, I don't like to expose my life. Say, I'm saying expose them for me. I'm your man. You now throw away your wardrobe. You don't have a voice anymore. Don't marry someone you cannot have a conversation with. See, you have a life. You have a purpose. You have a call. Marriage is not to reduce your voice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? You should be able to be in a relationship where you can say, hey, I don't agree with this. I don't think this is right. And have a conversation. Nobody is doing you a favor by loving you. Both of you are doing each other a favor. It's not like they came to marry you now, then the man is doing you a favor. No, it is both of you helping each other. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at this. However, I will not listen to her. Since he was stronger than she, he violated her and laid with her. Then Ammon hated her. Look at verse 15. Then Ammon hated her with a very great hatred. Do you remember when we started? What did the Bible say? Come on. What did the Bible say? I can't hear you. What did the Bible say? Verse 4. I'm in love with Tamar. What does this verse say? He hated her. He hated her. With a very what? Great hatred. For the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he loved her. And Ammon said to her, get up, go away. It took 16 verses. 16 verses. One meal. One day, one encounter for the presumed love to turn to hatred. That's lost. That's lost. 
So you realize this, that that's why sometimes, and I'll tell girls this, by the time you already get yourself sexually involved, you're already dropping your value. You don't prove your love to someone by having sex with them. So if you really love me, if you really want me, you know, if you really, if, if you really love me, at least we're also getting married. No. Get married first. Follow the right procedure. You hold yourself to a higher step. Hold your values. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's more to your life than just marriage. There's more to your life than just sex. There's more to your life than loss. There's more to your life than hanging out. Hmm? I know some, some, some of you felt oppressed during Valentine. Hmm? Some of you were waiting for gifts. What's your problem? What's your problem? A human being that God created with purpose and destiny. You are waiting for card and, and, and cake. And are you that hungry? Are you that lonely? What's your problem? Don't you? Are you not thinking about life? There are 8 billion people in this world. There are problems in this world to solve. There are lives to touch. There are things you can contribute. And you just lay there all day waiting for who will call you. Waiting for who will send you cake. Waiting, and then they just sent you one, one wayward cake and one, you know, lollipop and one stuff. And you are just smiling. I said this vow was very good though. They sent something to me. Is that your life? Is that the summation of your life? And you see, people might make you feel if you are not in a relationship, you're losing out something. You're not. Have something of value that you're bringing. See, at the end of the day, we'll all get married. Right? We will all be, we'll all be fine. We'll get married, we'll have children. Then you know what? By the time we're married and we have children, we'll now be asking the next question. So what else? What else? I've been married for over 16, 16 years. I married very early. Married 16 years already. My son is going to the university. You, you, think, you think the greatest consideration in my life right now is sex? You think that's the greatest consideration? <laughs> I'm thinking of which school my son will go. How to put him in a good school. My girl is coming up. Do you understand what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's not um, kissing. It's not, that's not, I mean, I'm not saying you should, but that's not the greatest thought in my head right now. Right? The last time I was coming to town, you know, my son told me he, he needed a, um, uh, a calculating set, scientific calculator, right? I had to send you to get it. Because every time I'm leaving the house, these guys are sending me on errands. I need this, I need this, I want this. I, are you following what I'm saying? And if I come in here, that's the first thing I'm thinking of. I need to get this. What I'm just trying to say is that thing that is intoxicating you to think that this is all relationship is all about, once you cross that face, the next thing life will ask you is what next so what will bring you joy will not just be the marriage it will be the purpose that the marriage is accomplishing that's what will bring you joy are you hearing what i'm saying right now in our life we are so excited because both of us are just doing what god has placed in our hearts i don't know if you, if you get the point we're just yeah we're just like you know sometimes we joke i jokingly we say i can't wait for the kids to you know go out so that we can just do what we can do without having to think that oh we left a baby at home and all that because right now at this stage we are having what we call 
a purpose-driven marriage and a purpose-driven life. So a purpose-driven marriage is not based on sex. It's not based on all... I'm not saying that's not important. It's not based on all of that. It's based on purpose. So, lust will break boundaries. Lust will break boundaries. Lust will not follow the right protocol. Lust will turn to hatred if what lust wants have been gotten. Are, are you hearing this now? So, you as a single person, hold that. That your card. That your last card. Hold it. Especially for my dear sisters. Hold it. Right? Hold it. Don't be so desperate. Don't be so desperate. Build values into yourself. Bring, you, you have something to offer to this world. You have something to offer to this world. Right, and as we progress, you know, throughout these years, God helps us in this forum. As we progress in this forum, we're going to have conversation around that. Questions to ask, questions to ask, things to learn, things to build on, so that at the end of the day, your life is not just tied up in a relationship and you're not fulfilling purpose. Hmm? There are things I'm learning about finances now that I wish. I learned 10 years ago that I wish I knew 10 See, if I knew some of the things I knew about money right now, 10 years ago, I'll be richer. Sometimes, these years, you can stay all night and read a book. When you get married, woman of God, it will not be possible. I had a dear person who told me <laughs> long time ago, true story, dear man of God, he got married. And the man will be studying at night. The wife will be crying. Ah, what's making you to cry? He said, you where you're supposed to be with me on the bed. You are reading. Come and stay with me. Man. Before you know, study life went down. Is the woman bad? No. No. It's not bad. It's true. You can't, when you are with your wife, you shouldn't cry be carrying book. And by the time the guy sleep, and I mean, it's not just about sex. It's about just being with her. By the time they sleep off, the guy will plow, maybe let her just sleep. I will get up later and read. Next day has come. Years have gone. So what I'm trying to say is that there are liberties you have now you will not have. Hmm? This time now you can go out. Also, nine o'clock, you just tell your friend, ah, sorry, I cannot call. Can I sleep in your place? You cannot try it when you are married. Your wife will call you. Where are you? Come home. This one, you just leave your house. You don't tell anybody you are going. It will not happen. If you are married and you leave your house like that, it's trouble. Hmm? You have to keep in touch. I'm going to a supermarket. And if you say supermarket, say which one? Say next. <laughs> and they must not see you at, at uh, ShopRite. If you are changing to ShopRite, you have to update your address. Say, I, I came to next. I didn't see you too. I'm going to ShopRite. Because if, you, if they find you in ShopRite and you say next... You face panel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, it's not an issue of whether the person trusts me or not. It's just that you have come into a relationship that demands accountability. Sometimes it's even just because of safety. So I'm not looking at it from, oh, my wife does not trust. No, 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 no. It's just that, listen, you're two adults staying in the place. I should be able to have an idea where my husband is. 
So what I'm trying to say is that some of the liberties we have as single, we must be ready to bury them when we are married. And that's the problem with some marriages today. You know why? Single people who got married are still married people who want to live as singles. And then it's a problem. All right. Okay, our time is up. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these words. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the truth of this word will be engraved in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.